Hello, everyone. Welcome to another TreeSeal podcast. Today, I'm joined by our chief strategist, Jerry Salaya, again. We're going to talk about currencies. Uh, we mentioned about uh, US dollar, pound, and euro in our last currency podcast. You have not listened to that yet. Go and listen to it now. It will probably help you a little bit on your asset allocation and what to do to manage your currency risk. Today, we're going to talk a bit more about the Asian currencies. My name is James Chu. I'm the head of investment solution at Tricio. And today, we'll start firstly recapping what it will be our view for the dollar over 2023. Jerry, if I'm right, that uh, just to re-emphasize that, Tricio's view is that dollar is going to weaken over the next 12 months. That's right. Basically, it's going to be one of those cases where the dollar story is going to play out against a variety of other spot currencies. And I think you're going to see jockeying of positions between these currencies to see which one can firm or firm the most against the dollar or stay even or even maybe even lose a little bit of ground. Mm. But in general, we expect the dollar to be in a back foot this year. I see. Yeah. As I mentioned, our previous podcast, you and I had a chat about uh, the dollar versus pound, uh, also versus euro, the pound versus euro, etc. Let's move to Asia, shall we? Because a lot of our clients and professional investors actually ha- probably have asset allocation to Japanese equities and perhaps fixed income as well. What do you think dollar yen will do for the next 12 months? So what we're looking for is for the dollar to, like I said, lose ground across the board. The yen in particular, though, is expected to firm a bit more. So just to recap, dollar yen was trading around 103 back in mm-hmm. uh, 2020 when the depths of the pandemic, if you will. Yep. And then the yen weakened all the way up to just near 152 uh, mm-hmm. at the end of 2022. So basically, that was a huge move in the dollar in terms of firming. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing part of that retrace. We've already basically seen 50% of that move retraced because the dollar moved from 151.90-ish down to 127 and change mm-hmm. over the last few months. So we expect the dollar to basically consolidate for a little bit, maybe back up to 134, 135, slight chance to go back up to 140, but then we expect the dollar to lose ground below the 125 area towards 120. Mm-hmm. And it could be seen, this is, this is on that you know less probability but that's the direction of travel we're looking for, is maybe 110, maybe below 110. So that's the direction of travel we think the dollar is going to be heading over the course of the year. I see. But there were talks about the Japanese central bank possibly changing how they manage the yield curve control or the monetary policy. Well, they did that in December, where they moved from a mm-hmm. 0.25 basis points, basically 25 pips around zero for the mm-hmm. 10-year JGB. And now it's 50 pips around zero, so 0.5%. Uh, basically, this reflected the market push towards higher JGB yields mm-hmm. and is pretty much you know baked into the price. But given the fact that the BOJ, Bank of Japan, and the Ministry of Finance, MOF, were already leaning against a strong dollar or a weak yen back in late 2022, the combination of these things saw dollar yen fall pretty sharply. Mm. So it's one of those things where the market was looking for something, they saw something and they went with it. The next thing we're looking for is obviously the uh, next Bank of Japan uh, president. And you know, market rumors were confirmed over the last few days, or you know, pretty much yeah. confirmed. Yeah. And it's going to be Ueda. And yeah. the market doesn't really know what to do with them. 
but he is probably going to be, you know, a continuation of the current policy. But over time, we expect further stimulus removal from the Bank of Japan. Perhaps, Jerry, just briefly, a bit more background about Ueda. What, what, well, what, that's just it. There, there isn't anything that can sway you either way. Yeah. Back in the 90s and early 2000s, he was actually one of the guys who apparently pushed for, you know, zero yields and monetary uh, quantitative easing. So yeah. he's not exactly an uber hawk, if you will. Okay. But he is seen as somebody who's quite competent. He knows his way around the system. And everybody acknowledges that something has to give way because Bank of Japan is achieving their inflation target of 2% these days. And the current bout of monetary stimulus, basically, you need to you know give up a bit so you can ease a bit further on if you need to. So yeah. that's what we're looking for, some small steps to continue the removal of monetary stimulus. Mm. But obviously, if they actually start removing these monetary stimulus, etc., that probably will benefit the dollar yen, the, the yen in particular. Well, again, it's 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 not so much as it benefits the yen because the yen is, how do I put this? It, it's caught in a trap. Okay. <laughs> said, like all Asian currencies are. If you look at the Asian currency, the main rates, you've got dollar Thai, you've got dollar Singh, you've got dollar Korea. Um, mm -hmm. To some extent, even uh, the dollar against uh, the Chinese yuan, it's, they're all kind of moving in lockstep where you had a big, strong dollar heading into late 22. Um, and then the dollar's given up a lot of the recent gains. And it's mm -hmm. one of those things where Asian currencies in general seem to be king off dollar sentiment. So you know, dollar thing went from 145-ish to uh, below 132, right? Knocking on the door of 130. That's a big move for dollar Singh in terms of yeah. the last few months. Yeah. A uh, dollar tie went from you know 38 down towards 32 and a half. Yeah. Again, that's a big move for the dollar tie. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's just one of those things where they're all moving in lockstep, which is mm -hmm. why we think it's going to be a dollar story rather than a singular Asian currency versus a dollar story for, for the large ones. Yeah. So probably in a nutshell, basically that dollar yen or the yen will probably strengthen versus dollar bet. We may see dollar yen basically weak, uh, dropping a bit from the current level, uh, maybe more. Obviously, if there's any news coming from Japan, uh, may actually exaggerate that move. Yes, that's, that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. But for currency traders, I, I would suggest if you're going to, you know, because it's so expensive to sell the dollar because interest yeah. rates are so high. Yeah. But you could still try to bet on some sort of move within the cross rates if you have a strong view. So yen sing, yen Korean won, yen Taibat, that sort of stuff may be popular for people who are trying to play a carry trade and or have a strong directional view. Sure. Obviously, that's for those uh, listeners uh, who are basically trading currencies day every day. That's probably an interesting yes. way. Now, for, for a lot of our, uh, our audience there who are basically managing money for the long-term investor, what, how about yen versus the pound and yen versus euro? Because again, a, a pound-based or euro-based investor probably have Japanese equities exposure, probably unhand. I, I think, yeah, you're 100% right. And it's going to be one of those things where you have to pick your pick your battles. I think sterling yen, let's start with that. One, it's mm. a very, very swingy cross rate. I mean, you, you can make a career or lose a career pretty fast trading this. But from a <laughs> point of view, um, our view is that we've probably seen the peak of the cycle in sterling yen. And okay. we're looking for a gradual push below 150. So that's a weaker pound and okay. back towards maybe 140 of the next 12 months. So that's a relatively significant move, but it's a very choppy cross rate. So it's one of those things where 
the direction of travel we think is going to be for stronger yen mm -hmm. but it may be very very whippy obviously mm -hmm. for euro yen again the yen tends to trend so if a yen strengthens against one it strengthens strengthens against everybody mm -hmm. so we're looking for euro yen to give up some ground and probably drop below 130 by the end of the year mm. okay how about uh, yen versus a Swiss uh, Swiss franc then? Pretty much, is, it's it's one of those big battles between the flight to quality currencies. Yeah. The only difference is that uh, the Swiss National Bank, the SNB, is still trying to weaken the Swissy. So okay. this is one of the big ones that we've been focused on ever since the Bank of Japan started to intervene in the market. We think that's at the top for for Swiss yen, mm -hmm. and we're looking for a move below uh, 130 towards the 120 area by the end of the year, maybe below there. And so mm. it's one of those things where we think, on one hand, we don't think the BOJRMOF is going to care about a strong yen until we're below 120, 118-ish. Then they might start making some noises, but it'll probably go to 115. They have a very dismal track record of trying to stop a yen firming this side mm. of you know 100. So it's going to be one of those things where you know be careful what you wish for. So they're going I to get see. a strong yen, let's say. And on the other hand, the Swiss doesn't really have anybody saying we want a strong Swiss. Just the opposite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have lots of people saying we don't really want a, a strong Swiss. So I think it's going to be one of those things where the cross rate will lurch around. But in, we think the direction of travel is going to be for a weaker Swiss franc. It sounds like that actually the cross, the yen versus dollar, uh, no, sorry, uh, pound, euro, Swiss, it would be quite choppy. Yes. And the reason for that is obviously because you've got so many things going on. You've got the war yeah. in Ukraine, you know, that can always get worse. And that would mean a huge flat of quality, flight out of the euro and flat out of other currencies and into the Swiss franc, right? So it's one of those things you have to keep in mind. And from the euro side, you could actually see a scenario where the ECB continues to raise rates and the euro gets all sorts of support. You know, euro Swiss mm. goes up and euro yen doesn't go down as fast, right? Mm. So it's going to be very, very chop choppy this year. Okay. So if i'm a sterling base euro base or swiss franc base investor who have japanese equity or fixed income there should i hedge oh that's a really good question my view would be if this if the yen is strengthening you don't want to lose that so i would mm. probably say you know for an investment point of view i wouldn't be hedging however let's say i'm importing right or i'm exporting to japan either of those things if it's going to be really affected by a yen move that's adverse to what I want it to be. In other words, if the yen strengthens a lot, yeah. then any sort of hedging strategy would, would, in my view, make a lot of sense. Yeah. I think from a risk management perspective, I agree with you, but the choppiness in this cross rate and the fact that it can move very fast make the hedging yes. cost quite high as well. So I think that's uh, something need to uh, uh, consider if you really need to risk manage your currency exposure. But I think for professional investors, probably like you said, probably leave it as unhedged will be a, is easy for them. I, I think it's a decision that once you make it becomes, you know, it, it's, it's once you make that decision to not hedge, then I think it, you, you'll get a more crystal vision of what you're actually trying to achieve yeah. on that investment. And the strong yeah. yen could be a beneficial thing to you. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's, again, go back to the fact that probably the yen is, uh, is going to strengthen because of dollar. There's a dollar story after all. So that is cross. That's very true. Yeah. Well, it's so a little bit of a yen story. To, yeah, it's a little yes. bit of a yen story as well because it yes, protests. I agree. So it's a combination of both, but I think probably maybe 60, 70 due to dollar, weak, uh, dollar weakness, the rest from the, the, the Japanese 
central bank, the yen on trading story as well. I think. And and you know what currency markets are like, James?、Mm. It could be that we're completely wrong, and it's not the dollar, and it's not the yen, and some China hands will be saying, China reopened, boom, Asia's back, baby, and all Asian currencies are firming because of that. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, be let's let's talk about China, shall we? Okay. We're not going to mention balloons now, but just mention. <laughs> so, so what? what do you I thought、think? there were UFOs. Okay, let's back to let's back to China. Okay, what is that? Is that going to be a? I won't call it a black swan because you you and I can mention about China. That's not exactly a black swan, so it's in our radar. Always on, but the positive side, they're opening up. So, what's to do with the currency side? Well, that's a tricky thing, James, because as we both know, the Chinese currency is managed, right? It's it's pegged a certain amount that can move every day against a basket of different currencies, including regional currencies like the Aussie, including global currencies like the euro, and obviously the dollar. So it's one of those things where I would call it a dirty float in terms、mm-hmm. of the way it moves,、mm-hmm. and it's also restricted. That's why we look at the CNH, not just the CNY, because it's one of those things where. You can't really move it around in size. I know they say in London it's it's one of the bigger currencies that's being traded on the interbank market now. But、CNH? in terms, of CNH, yeah. So CNH, terms, remind me, the CNH is the offshore. Offshore, that's right. H、uh, stands、yep. for Hong Kong. Remember, so it's offshore.、Yep. CNY can only be traded inside China. No, basically, you and I can't touch it. Yeah, I think if if you're a bank and you have special permissions, you can trade it. But you know, nobody's gonna. In my view, nobody's going to go out there and speculate in CNY. CNH、mm-hmm. is just easier, you know.、Mm-hmm. But just to recap, in 2018, you know, we're talking summer 2018, it was trading around 6.3 ish, right?、Mm-hmm. Then before the pandemic, it was trading、mm-hmm. back above seven.、Mm-hmm. Then as the pandemic wore on and China stuck to the zero COVID policy,、mm-hmm. um, it went down to 6.3 again.、Mm-hmm. Then as You know the dollar strengthened throughout 2022. Yeah, we went back up to around 7.3,、mm-hmm. and then as China rumors about reopening started to circulate, it went from 7.3 plus down at 6.7 ish, right?、Mm. So it's been trading in this broadband, and right now it's kind of in the middle. We are literally near this 50-week moving average. So it's one、mm. of those things where I could, I my view. Is that CNH is going to drop towards six point five, six point three five, over the course of the year? So、mm. slightly weaker dollar, slightly stronger、uh, Chinese currency,、mm. right? In line with our view about the dollar overall. But let's say because you said actually very interesting、uh, at the when we start talking about China, China is the、uh, con- managed float. In other words, it's、yes. still controlling the exchange rate. Let's say. If the economic recovery is not as good as they hope, and the government wants to make make sure that actually they,、uh, because remember they're going to change government next month, presidency become third term and the new prime minister etc etc, they they may want to make the government want to make themselves the economic policy etc more credible. Do you think there's a chance they may move that ban? James, that's a really good question. And my view is that they could, but only if it serves their interest. If that、mm. makes any sense. Yeah. yeah? I think you and I, and John Caverly, our chief economist, would argue that there are many, many benefits to having a market-determined free-floating currency, in、mm. terms of what it does for economic policy. 
Mm. It, turn, it makes you more honest. It makes your central bank have to do a bit more work, if you will, mm. to try to basically make sure that your economic policies don't derail your currency, right? Mm. On the other hand, well, we can argue the benefits for the for the economic policy, economic transparency. There's lots of reasons to think that Chinese government, PBOC, aren't going to step it in that direction in a hurry anytime soon. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. They're not going to go for a free float. They're not going to get rid of all the currency controls. And they're not going to basically say, go on then free market, have a go at determining the proper rate for uh, for a currency. Because I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, that creates so many problems in terms I, of domestic I, I think policy. they will not, they will definitely, from a capital control perspective, they will not, because to make it really free flow, you need to basically also make the capital accounts um, yes. inside China to be to be free free flow. You don't have CNY, CNH difference anymore and things like that. But they could Correct. simply, but they could, they could simply widen the band, for example. They and, could, and, and they, yeah. they do that if it suited their purposes. But yeah. again, it's, it's not just let's, you know, we're not just picking on China. It was only what, last week, week before, Mm-hmm. where the Bank of Korea and the government announced that they were going to let the Korean one trade for longer, right? Now, you and I are used to 24-hour markets and all the major currencies, right? Mm-hmm. And you can basically slap it around as much as you like or get slapped around, depending on which side of the trade you're on. Mm-hmm. And most of the major currencies, almost all day long, five days a week, right? But in mm-hmm. Korea, they had, you know, these are the hours that you're allowed to trade Korean one. Boom, right? After that, you had to go NDFs, all, all the different problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not just a China problem in terms of restricting uh, currency trading. And, and no, like I, I said, we're not just going to go at China. Lots of governments want to restrict how the currencies uh, behave and how you yeah. trade. Now, you mentioned about basically our wheel on yen basically strengthen a bit versus different currencies. Well, that's our expectation. And you mentioned that China may be a factor that can uh, affect our will. In, in other words, that may... It's a risk to that will is China. Do you, yes. let's say they widen the band. I know I, I can't. I, I I I'm not asking you to, to to guarantee your will or whatever. Let's say they widen trading band. Do you think actually they'll affect the yen? How is it going to affect the yen? I think it would be a sentiment thing. That's a, that's again that's another really good question, James. And it's one of those things where that would be a sentiment thing. Mm. If they're widening the band because the currency is getting strong and they want to be able to, you know let the market have a bit more of a say in the direction, then mm. I think that would let the yen strengthen a bit more. Mm. And you'd also see that, let's say, in the Aussie dollar, Kiwi dollar, and all the commodity currencies that are seen as China plays that are a bit more liquid. So I think it would have lots of sentiment effect, yes. Because mm. my, my, my thinking about it is purely from a, a perspective that they may want to weaken the, the Chinese yuan to help the recovery export etc etc now that's a different question and mm. if, if you're saying that they're going to weaken the the cny and they're going to do that by widening the band mm-hmm. then that becomes in my view a bit more tricky because like we were like we talked about the band is made up of different currencies versus the yeah. dollar yeah. So if you got the aussie kiwi euro all mm. strengthening against the dollar and the mm. yen then mm. i think they'll have a trickier proposition to prevent those currencies strengthening coming through on the band coming through on the basket that they monitor and seeing the CNY strengthen yeah. against Or they could ch- completely change how the band is determined. <laughs> you know, it's managed. At, at the moment, it seems like they're tutting up non-dollar rates, not, not because they're trying to de-dollarize the system, 
but because basically they're trying to say this is the trade floor that we have now, and obviously、yeah. they're trading more. And also, they 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 actually put the system to be more as an economic rationale there. Yes, just yes. trying to throw in this is a、uh, uh, Chinese government's wish, but never they、yes. say never about these things. What's the geo? Is there any geo? Put China. I think always represent a geopolitical risk there, especially in Asia. Should we worry about that? Like, if these situation with balloons get worse, and then then it seems to they mentioned that Taiwan also have seen these balloons, etc. What do you think? Is it going to affect again our outlook on the currencies in the region? I don't think so. And, and the reason for that is, I think the general assumption since you know day one. Has been that governments spy on other governments, and that's that's one of the reasons to do. I'm not, I'm not trying to be too cynical here, James, but I assume that you know you have all these alphabet soup of government agencies in almost every country in the world,、mm -hmm. and what they do is they spend their time coming up with reasons to spend money to spy on each other. That's、mm. not not so cynical view. So I think Chinese balloons, fair enough. I'm sure the Americans. You know they have their way of trying to see what's going on in China, and、mm -hmm, mm -hmm. may or may not be balloons. You know, I think, <laughs> yeah, we have、yes. to laugh because balloons. I mean, since World War One, we haven't really thought of balloons as strategic <laughs> parts of any sort of intelligence gathering. Well,、operation. we probably think we've been thinking a bit higher, like satellites. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or for all we know, it's kites. You know what I mean? Maybe they're using <laughs> kites. So it's it's one of those things where you know, fair dues. That's a topic at the moment, but. I don't think it's gonna really worsen relations between China and the U.S. in a significant way. Right? Okay. All right. So summarize. It looks like that you、uh, said yen, which is one of the major currencies in Asia, is likely to strengthen next twelve months for investors. Sterling base, euro, Swiss franc, who have Japanese equities, Japanese、uh, fixed income. Probably want to determine that there's a good reason not to, then don't no need to hedge it. Unlike some other exposure or other countries there, so I think that's one takeaway. And obviously, the second takeaway is the I think we need to keep an eye on China, even though that actually seems that nothing is happening. But we know the capability of this surprise us. I think that's something that you agree, Jerry. Yes, definitely. And I think you know, sticking with the China idea. This is something we talked about in our recent、uh, weekly publication,、um, mm -hmm. talking points. That if China does actually start, you know, showing some rebound in terms of economic performance,、mm -hmm. then I think in the currency markets, the, the play that we had back in the early 2000s was Aussie and Kiwi, and、mm. you look through some commodity flows to come through those countries and those、mm. currencies in particular. I、Good、mean,、point. the FX market is extremely complicated in all the things we look at, but、mm. sometimes it's extremely simple where we latch onto an idea. And we stick to that idea until we're proven wrong. So if China starts saying, "Okay, we're back, baby. Here's economic growth numbers to prove it," then I think you're going to be hard pressed to be short of Aussie or be short of Kiwi against the dollar, and、mm. those may actually go up quite a lot over the course of 2023. Okay. All right. With that note, thank you for listening, everyone. We will be doing more podcasts related to currency and other matters as well. Feel free to listen to our previous podcasts. And we also obviously have our Trezo Insights publications. As Jerry said, we send our weekly talking points and also monthly insights, and、uh, and quarterly we will、uh, have our flagship publication, Economics for Investment, that will be written by John. If you subscribe to the Trezo Insights, then you receive all this where we cover currencies, equities, fixed income, alternative investment, ESG. 
and other topics as well. You could subscribe uh, going on the website. You could uh, when you subscribe, you get a free trial, 90-day free trial, and uh, you could then decide whether you want to continue. Give a free try. You probably see how much difference it can make to your professional uh, investment in terms of your portfolio and things like that. Okay, until next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Cheers, James.